0: Nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. of Americans rate nurses as having high levels of honesty and ethics. Only 9% say car salespeople have high levels of these virtues. So why are nurses being treated like such garbage? In this episode of nurses and hypochondriacs, Charlie Carlotta joins us to talk about her one woman show. Nursing is my life. One woman story of how nursing sucks. Which is premiering at the 2022 Hollywood Fringe Festival. Charlie is a registered nurse, playwright, performer, and singer. She's also a stand up comedian. Charlie's son, Andy Gladbach, is her musical director and arranger who accompanies Charlie musically on his piano. It's such an awesome show. I loved when Charlie broke out into song during her show. The show is very relatable if you're a nurse. Everybody needs to go see this show. You never know when you're going to end up in the hospital and have a nurse taking care of you. So Charlie does an amazing job at edutaining us about what nurses actually do. This is going to be a totally fun episode and you won't want to miss it. This episode is brought to us by a charitable donation from Marilyn Stoner. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Big shout out to you, Hugs, Kisses, for supporting our show and empowering nurses and patients to tell their stories. If you'd like a shout out, if you'd like to give us a donation, and sponsor one of our episodes here at nurses and hypochondriacs you can go ahead to the end of the show notes click the link on our venmo or paypal and throw us some bucks this episode was brought to you by rogue nurse media and the well-written nurse empowering nurses and patients to tell their stories And welcome to Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Charlie Carlotta. Hello. Hi there. Hi. So, Charlie, I saw your show last weekend, and your show is Nursing Is My Life, a one woman's story of how nursing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it- I sat in the front row and, uh, it was totally relatable to me. I loved it.
1: I'm I'm glad you were there. I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. Um, it's one woman's story. It's my story, but I think, um, a lot of nurses can relate to it. Not everybody would agree with everything I say, but, um, this is my story my experience and what I've also, um, gathered from other nurses I've worked with over the like hundred years, I've been a nurse. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I just wanted to, um, I, I came out here, I, I'm originally from Wisconsin my whole life, and I came out here 12 years ago because I wanted to give my kids a chance to get into the entertainment business because they were, as I raised them, it turns out that they had the same uh, kind of passions that I did growing up for um, singing, dancing, acting, My son was, um, a piano prodigy and he wanted to write music for film or perhaps make films. So he got his master's, um, in cinematic arts from USC and, um, and my daughter also, she did, um, quite a bit of acting. And so ever since I came out here, I still had to work as a nurse full time because I'm a kind of a paycheck to paycheck person. (laughs) And, uh, I, um. My kids were like, well, mom, you always wanted to do things like this. I mean, originally, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an entertainer, particularly a dancer. And um, so I went to iOS theater and I took the whole year long program. Um, There were seven classes. And when I graduated, we put on shows. And I just was like in heaven. I was just so happy. And uh, and I took commercial classes. I did a few things. and it was quite limited because again, I have to work full time. So um, then I, I became interested in putting on a one woman show. I actually had another show that I did and then I decided to do a show about nursing. So that's how that came to be. That's awesome. What was your other show that you did? Um, my other show was more, uh, about my life. Um, And I I talk about nursing a little bit and uh, it was more of a cabaret show. I had a band and
0: I I sang a lot more
1: songs than I do in this show.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's cool. Yeah. I love the singing and I love the piano and I love how you refer to uh, the piano guy who is your son, right? Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) How you refer to him for your lines, which I loved. And I, uh, texted you that it so reminded me of um linda Lavin's. i i know her her name is linda lavin my jewish friend abby corrected me she's like it's linda lavin and she played alice back in the day and i went to go see a show in 2017 at it was at the palm springs museum and my friend had tickets it was a a benefit show and she was charging like 400 bucks uh but it was to benefit the um I forget what. At this time, but anyway, she did this one woman show and she wore this sparkly outfit with the most beautiful shoes and she had this piano guy that she had been with for forever and he knew her whole life story. And so when she would forget something, she would refer to him and she'd be like, remember that time in Poughkeepsie? And then he would kind of have a story and kind of go into song, which was so great. And that totally reminded me of your show. I was like, oh yeah, you got to keep that in there. It's so fun. (laughs) And I saw another reviewer wrote the same thing. They said, I loved it when she referred to the piano guy about her lines and, and what's next and, and stuff, you know, and it's so great because he's your son because he's been there the whole time. Oh, yeah. I remember when you told me that story, mom, or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's great. So how did you again? Um, come about with the whole nursing thing like I want did, was it your did you want to educate did you just need an outlet creatively I mean because for me and, I, and I'll give you that example I know we were talking a little bit about this before the show um I just was uh creatively frustrated I think when I was a nurse and working and I had always done theater I'd always done photography like when I was in high school I um let's see what else did I do I was really big into writing uh I used to do a lot of poetry and um then when I went to nursing school I shut that all down uh and I had absolutely almost no creative outlet Uh, And I wanted to pick it up again. And I talk about this on Heather's show because we had so much in common um, where I wanted to do community theater and I had been married at the time and my ex-husband was against it. Uh, So (laughs) like, you know, well, that was the end of that. Um, And and so, uh, and it wasn't until uh, like I told you in 2008 that I found these writing classes that were more for me and and, and that was just the end of it. And um, I mean, I never... Would have imagined where this would take me um, mm-hmm. and that it's been taking me this far so far. But going back to you, did you feel, were you wanting a creative outlet? Was, was there this other persona inside of you, like your, your children noticed it?
1: Well, there, yeah, it was really both. Um, I needed a creative outlet. Um, and I also wanted, I wanted to uh, let people know what nursing was really like. Um, but getting back to the creative outlet, since I was a kid, I just would, I would play my mother's albums. She had, you know, Camelot, West Side Story, and I'd sing to them I'd memorize every line. Um, and this is, I mean, I just did that on my own, like at five, six years old. And, yeah. um, and I begged to take dance lessons. And, um, so they let me take dance lessons and, you know, ballet and tap and then jazz and, um, And I mean, that was when I was the happiest and uh, uh, they did not promote that, (laughs) you know, I mean, um, you know, like I had to beg them to come to the dance recital, you know, Um, and uh, I was uh, later, like when I was in college, I was actually a theater major and oh my gosh, they were so against that. Like, what are you gonna do with that? You'll never get a job. And even back then, Um, Even since high school, they were pushing me to be a nurse because, I mean, I go back far enough that, you know, when a young woman graduated from high school, she married her boyfriend or she became a nurse or a secretary or a teacher. It didn't mean you couldn't be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, an engineer, but it was just very rare back then. And I didn't have the confidence to, to go against my parents. And I just like, um, I, so when I was, I, I actually, so my first degree, um, Bachelor of Arts was, it was gonna be in theater. And then halfway through, I switched my major to communication because my parents were like, that doesn't sound as bad as theater. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I graduated, I just, even though I had been in plays, I mean, my parents never came to one play. Um, and I was also a pom-pom girl in high school and college. And I, I just loved that. Um, It was just like I and I I was raised like I didn't have confidence. I didn't have, you know, much self-esteem. So I ended up after doing all that, um, doing what my parents told me to do. And I went back to school and I went into an accelerated program for, you know, people who already had a a bachelor's degree. So I got my RN in two years. Um, uh, And then I, I it was a diploma school for people who already went to college. And then I, um, after I, I, then I got my BS in nursing. So, um, and then I always did it like in the back of my mind, well, you know what, at least I can do something. I can make money at something. And then I, maybe I'll go out to LA and, and, and try to, you know, be a dancer. And of course that never happened because I, again, I just didn't have that kind of confidence. Um, And then as the years went by, I ended up singing in some different bands. So oh, that wow. was, yeah, I sang at first, I sang, it was a country band and um, old time, like really it was an old man from our church and they had all these old songs and polka songs and things like that. I didn't even know any of them. I had, you know, I, I wasn't familiar with them. And then from there um, I was with um, another country band and then after that I ended up doing um jazz and dixieland jazz oh cool um and again it it was limited because it was hard to stay out till two in the morning and be at work at seven o'clock on a saturday morning or a sunday morning and that was really the only thing i didn't do community theater or anything because it was just too hard with my schedule you know to to do that so um that's why at first when i came out here with my kids i just i didn't do anything as far as um you know, taking any lessons, or you know, I I end up also I went to um, uh, 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 took lessons and I became a stand-up comic. I did that, but it took me a while because I was like, oh, I'm too old now. You know, it's not going to happen, and just forget it. My kids were so supportive. Mom, just do it. Just do it. That's
0: awesome. I love yeah. it.
1: And they would come to my shows, and I mean, <laughs> and, and and now too, they're just so supportive of me. They're just
0: that's so great, um, yeah. wonderful.
1: So that was that. <laughs> And the other thing is, all the time I've been in nursing, I've been just so frustrated that um, I think nurses do so much. And to be a good nurse, I think you have to be very smart. And people, most people have no idea what we do. And there's some people that are very respectful in nurses, but boy, there's a lot that aren't or it's not that they're disrespectful necessarily, but they they just like they think oh you just stand around and pass pills you know right. like and they have no idea um, that like I try and tell them you know you could have the best doctor in the world but if you don't have good nurses you're sunk you yeah. know um, so that was part of the reason I decided um, after I had um, done one show that you know what I think I could do another one and I could do it about nursing and I. I struggled to make it um, entertaining that it wasn't going to be lecturing or it wasn't going to be preaching to the choir. Um, So that's, that was, (laughs) it's kind of a long explanation, but that's
0: um, what motivated me. Yeah, I love it. And I can so relate to you. When I was a kid, um, I remember being about five years old and getting my first album, which was Andy Gibb, and I had this little raggedy and uh, record player, and I used to play it or on my parents' stereo, and I would listen to Olivia Newton-John, and then my brother and I would con my mother into uh, going to the library and um, checking out Eddie Murphy's. Um, records for us so we'd sit in the closet you know my brother and I because they were rated R so we'd sit in the closet and and we'd think my mother couldn't hear you know and we just would sit there and just laugh and laugh and my mother didn't care because she was just like well my house is clean and they're out of my hair so they just locked themselves in the closet and we would sit there for hours you know and I loved it and to this day it's like I I thank Eddie Murphy, you know, I've done some comedy too, but I used to go to a safe space to be doing comedy because I didn't want to be heckled. (laughs) And that was one of the things that I tried as well. But yeah, I I mean, it's such a release. Nursing is a very, very hard profession and we're seeing the whole healthcare um, industry just falling apart like a house of cards right now uh with uh everything that's going on especially in nursing with the whole redonna case i mean yeah she's just serving um probation for three years you know do you are you familiar with the whole redonna yes. case of course yes. and then the other nurses who are um also being tried i'm going to do another episode i have a nurse advocate coming on where we're gonna go more in detail with those cases but it, it just also puts, even though it is a negative case, it also puts a, a positive spotlight on how important our jobs are. Because I hear all the time when I used to teach, my students would say, oh, I just want to be like, I'm just going to be in nursing uh, because I want the money and the money and the money, you know? And I was just like, you know, this is a crappy profession to be in it for the money because you can just go into real estate like you did, Right. <laughs> When the ANA had said, oh, just go into real estate, you know, and, and um, a- instead of having to go in and you're taking care of people, I mean, and, and plus you did psych, right, which is, right. which is very intense. So um, do you want to kind of talk about that and your feelings with everything that's going on in the nursing profession right now? And and why do you think this is all happening? Well. First
1: of all, uh, most of my working life, I as far as I was totally grossly underpaid. Okay. Um most of my life, I feel like I was grossly underpaid. Um when I was first a nurse, I was making six six dollars an hour.
0: Wow. Now
1: that like in equivalent. Um, I mean, I'm going back to 1980. I hate to tell you that, but, and then um, the equivalent of that is like $19 an hour now. So $19 an hour, you know, for um, having your bachelor's degree and having patients' lives in your hands. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. And so, um, and, and then I, by the time I got married in 89, I was up to $11 an hour and um, wow. Even in the 90s, you know, it, it has just been like the last 10 years where the pay has gone up really well. So on the one hand, yeah, you shouldn't be a nurse to make money or to get, that is not the right attitude to have. But I'm glad we're getting paid better because um, I remember being in one, I, I worked so many jobs because a lot of times I'd work registry or pool nursing in addition to my full-time job. So I worked in so many different hospitals And I remember some of these um, hospitals, there's a couple of them and they gave it, they did this movie and they talked about nursing and like the nuns were the nurses. (laughs) And it's like, you know, that's, it's like, you're doing this because you wanna help people. And, you know, it's, it could be like a religious thing, you know, and and that's great. But um, I did not take a vow of poverty. Right or
0: chastity, right? <laughs> right. I <Well>, mean, <no>, definitely.
1: <laughs> but I, um, but I, you have to pay the bills, you know. Right. So, um, it, like any job, I mean, an engineer and an engineer's job is very important, and he gets paid well. And I know that because my my ex husband was an engineer, and he made so much more money than I did. And, um, and their job is important but is anybody saying to an engineer, you know, your job is really important. You don't want a building falling down on somebody. So, um, you should do it out of the goodness of your heart and not, you know, no, everybody's
0: exactly. Exactly. That's a great point that you put out right there. Exactly. So everybody has bills to pay everybody, not everybody, but you know, you have
1: rent or you have your mortgage or whatever. So I'm, I, I'm, uh, when I talk to the young nurses today, it's like, you guys are so lucky that you're making this much money. right? Um, and uh, uh, so that's the way I feel about it. And, um, but no, they shouldn't get into it because of the money. It, it should be that you want to get into it because you want to help people. Um, and, you know, you're inter- like, I'm very interested in medicine and science. And um, I was, I, I love biology, that kind of thing. And a lot of nurses do. But at the same time, we should be compensated um, correctly. Um, and I, and even though I got into it, I didn't, I didn't want to do it um, because I wasn't interested, and I had other interests. But uh, when I, 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 I had, I did work as a nurse's aide when I was in, um, was when I was in college, and I found that even though, you know, this isn't what I want to do. I saw a lot of nurses, especially older nurses, with, the, with not all of them. Again, I don't want to paint everybody yeah. the same brush, but with a really bad attitude. Oh, and I course, thought, yeah, I am not going to I've be in like there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes I have a bad attitude, but I'm not going to be like that because no matter how much I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be at this job. I'm looking at a patient who's suffering, whether they just have something like an appendectomy and they're in pain or whether they have cancer and they're dying, whatever it is, they're suffering. And I just had the attitude, I'm just gonna do the best I can. Um, And when you focus on other people, it does take your mind off of your own problems. Um, So uh, anyway, I I tried to be a good nurse. I still try to be a good nurse. Um, And when you do that, I think, you won't hate your job as as much because you feel like you you're helping. You are doing something positive.
0: It's true, and I think having a creative outlet also helps. I mean, I I think that this is what I found in my profession that so many people that I worked with and that I would go to these conferences um, with they were just so starchy, like just very stiff, way too professional, or what they thought professional was everybody has their own definition of what professional is mm-hmm. um, because I've been told a lot of times you're not professional and I go well that's subjective what does that mean you know so are you saying that a comedian is not professional A comedian gets up and tells jokes you know I work in pediatrics I work with kids I can't be starchy and stiff I have to be fun you know, because the kids got it. Yeah. I got to get into that flow. I got to get into that energy. And I see anybody from zero to 21 years old. So a lot of my colleagues are in the same, but I go to these conferences. I'm like, this is the most boringest conference I've ever been. To. <laughs> and I have friends that are kind of like me, uh, same type of personality that they, they hate it. And they look around. They're like, do you think we look like that? And I'm like, I know I don't. So <laughs> For sure. I mean, even (laughs) when I started Nurses and Hypochondriacs, they were like, I can't believe you named your show that. And I can't believe you're doing a show. And I can't believe. And look at now what's going on with TikTok and media. I got in trouble. I got pulled into the office. I remember in 2012 when I was working at Children's Hospital by my manager um asking me about my show she didn't even come I go well you didn't even come to the one person show you should maybe come and check it out before you're saying because they're like you're not talking about your patients are you yeah right I'm gonna do that yeah <laughs> HIPAA I think I know HIPAA yeah. and I think I know my guidelines and and stuff but it it's very interesting but um you know I was told by a psychic that I needed to leave that job uh because I was not, if I had stayed there, I probably would have not have been a creative source and I would have not have gone as far as I have, you know, and and really pursued that. Uh, So, but do you, do you feel like doing your show, are your colleagues supportive?
1: Um, Okay. So this is, I I haven't even told anybody I work with that I do this show. Yeah. I've told, I told two people and they seem to be kind of interested, like they were kind of like fascinated, but I'm a little bit scared to do it because again, like the higher ups are like, well, that's not very professional, or I guess you're not taking your nursing job seriously. Um, and I, and until I get more confident. Yeah. 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 So I, um, and then here, this is a funny story. So this is like five or six years ago and I was working home health. And um, and I actually did um, a National Geographic um, show. And I, I actually had a lot That's of awesome. screen time on that show. And um, I never even saw it. And what's funny is, and I, and I don't tell anybody about any of this. Well, here, my boss, she had been in Florida and she came back from vacation. She said, Charlotte, I was in Florida and I turned the TV on and there you were. <laughs> I saw you on TV on National Geographic, and I'm like, oh, my God, what is the chance with that?
0: We <laughs> <laughs> oh discovered I you. Know. You're like, that's not me. Yeah. Someone who looks like me. That's my doppelganger.
1: But to my surprise, she actually, she thought that was pretty cool. So, Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's funny. Um, people think it's pretty cool. Like now, I promote my show all the time. I have flyers everywhere I go. I work locums, so I'm at a different practice or a different federally qualified clinic, and I hand out my um, flyers all the time, and people love it. You know, um, it, because a lot of the times too, what I encounter are the same types of personalities who do want to create, but are scared. They don't think they're creative. I mean, everybody is creative in some way. We're all creative beings as humans. Uh, but I, I feel that, and you'll, maybe um, this can help you as well because you're doing something. It also empowers someone else to do something mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and says, Oh, well she did it. I guess I can do it too, you know. And and that's how I started myself in writing. I would follow my friend Abby. Actually, I would stalk her um, to anywhere she was going. Like she'd go up to do stand up storytelling. She'd do stand up, and I would just be there at her shows. And um and I started to become more and more confident uh, mm-hmm. to do things. And to I was like, well, if she could do it, I can do it too. And and she was just mm-hmm. such an empowering force. Uh, mm-hmm. and stuff, but yeah, if that, if that can help, but you let's talk about Tony Robbins. So mm-hmm. part of your journey, which I love how you wrote, uh, in your, um, your hand or your program, as I should call it, um, and, and how this has been this hero's journey of sorts that you've been on with your nursing, and uh, with uh, your creative and in, in, um, acting and uh, just putting yourself out there. What I like is um, science is just now starting to verify this phenomena about the whole uh, mind body connection having witnessed many unexplained occurrences in your career I'm all about that and I've had several people on the show talking about serendipity synchronicities um, I just had a quantum physicist on uh, explaining timeline jumps and, and all of that I from your show I again it's very relatable to me on your hero's journey on gaining this confidence and yeah. um, so can, can you talk a little bit more about that and Tony Robbins? Um, well, I,
1: I knew Tony Robbins a long time ago. It was 1988. Um, I had been seeing a therapist because um, I had my own personal crap I was dealing with. And um, like I say, most of it is just not having the confidence. And um, and he told me about Tony Robbins. So he happened to be in this is when he was kind of starting out and he was in Waukesha at the um I forgot what they call he was an ex- Expo Center, I think it's called, and which is just um 15 minutes from my hometown. And I went there and I did the fire walk and all of that, yes. and I was just I was amazed because um I realized that I was the one limiting myself. Yeah. You know, Even though my parents were my parents and I know they did that out of love. I know they did it out of love. It wasn't like they're trying to. You and
0: know- also their own programming on what society thinks is right. And society thinks like what you should be doing, you know, because right. yeah. that's just very basic. You mm-hmm. get a career, you become a homemaker, you have children, you, I mean, you get married, you have children, and then you retire, and maybe you travel, and then you die. Yeah, so that—that's basically what people think life is, um, you know. In olden olden times, that's what everybody did. Like,
1: right. So I, yeah. So I was just amazed to discover that that you know, it, it's it's your own thoughts. Yeah. Um, and then I even went out, and I mean I. I, I had to work really hard, but I, I made enough money to go out to Del Mar, California. At that time, he had a castle in Del Mar and he had a a seminar right in his house. He called it his castle. It looked like a medieval castle. I love it. uh, And this guy from his book was there and I'm sorry, I can't quite remember his name, but he was featured in one of his first books. Um, and, uh, I, I, I met so many interesting people that were on their own journeys and trying to improve their lives. And, and it was a whole weekend. And I, I just, I came back and I felt like a different person. Yeah. And then after that, so many things fell into place for me. Um, and, uh, like I, I had, I wanted to get married and have children. I always wanted to be a mother. And I I didn't, I hardly dated at all because I I, I had such low self-worth. Um after I went there, all of a sudden this one guy comes comes into my life and um we end up getting married. And then I I had already owned a house. I had already bought a house on my own. But anyway, then I had a really, you know, nice house with him and um I had my children and uh I, I never, a year before that, I never would have thought any of that would have happened. Um, and then I got into real estate. I did that because I feel like all my life I've been trying to get out of nursing. But um, so I did that for a while and I was having some success at that. And uh, yeah, so, um, and, and then I, I realized too, like in my nursing career, um, I've seen, like I mentioned, I've seen so many unexplained, things. Um, and when I, 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 I would like to be able to like interview these patients, you know, and really find wow. out a lot about them, but it wouldn't be appropriate, you know, the way things were in the hospital, but I, you know, just a little bit, I saw or a little bit, they said, and it's mostly, um, whether they knew they were doing it or not, it was their thinking, I yes. think that, that got them well. Um, and it was just really amazing. Although I have to say, I think there's more variables involved in it that I don't, you know, like I've read a lot of different kinds of books about it. Um, You know, sometimes you see someone, they seem to be thinking the way you think someone should think if they want to get better. And unfortunately it doesn't work. So I think there's other variables as well that go into it, but I have seen just unbelievable things happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's cool. So yeah, I... relate to that as well uh for example i had a little two-year-old patient come in uh, i told this on my TikTok, and um she comes in for an er follow-up with her mother she only speaks spanish and the diagnosis was uh bell's palsy which is weird in a two-year-old it's it's rare and um so i i think it was the right side of her face or the left side of her face was numb i don't remember now And I I went in and they had treated her in the ER. And I asked the little girl what happened to her in Spanish. And she goes, Me pegó una niña. And I was just like, Oh, okay. And so the mother kind of starts to chuckle. And she goes, Oh, a couple months ago, she was playing with this little girl and she doesn't play with other children. She's always with me alone. She tried to grab this little girl's toy, and the little girl slapped her in the face. And Mm. she's never forgotten about it. Like she's become obsessed about it. So it's very interesting that all of a sudden she gets Bell's palsy in that side of the face. So I've started to do research on it. And I came across this woman's video on trauma and how um, it gets stored with the trigeminal nerve and the vagus nerve, uh, which innervates throughout the whole body. And I'm also a part of this group um, on... uh, with trauma survivors, and and there's many therapists on there, and we talk about uh, just different case studies. And so one of them said, well, well, that looks like it was an imprint in her brain. Like her body remembered this trauma so much that her vagus, you know, it, it's just it is a traumatic memory um, that she held on to, uh, which was very, very fascinating how that happens and how our bodies are uh these amazing intelligent systems that can do that uh and and just hold on to stuff that we don't even realize um and everything but very cool stuff uh healthcare is cool it's a great thing that we can put our creativity and nursing and healthcare together so what are your future plans you have let's you have a couple more shows going on at the fringe right is it one more show or two more shows right? awesome tell us when those are because this will come out this week uh the podcast so uh if people would like to come I'm going to go ahead and link your fringe link to the um episode so people can buy tickets I think it's the 18th right yeah. oh I have it right here I have it right here Saturday the 18th at um 8 uh, 815. And Sunday, June 26 at 1.30 p.m. And that's the okay. Zephyr Theater on Melrose, 7456 Melrose Avenue in West Hollywood. Yes. Which is great. I love that theater. It was great. I, I love how it's set up. It, it's very comfy. It's cozy. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for a one-person show. It, it's great. Yeah, I love it there, too.
1: And the people that run it are really great.
0: Yeah. And and that's the whole big thing with the fringe is um, the people who run the theaters uh, are great. The one when I did my show, it wasn't so great, (laughs) (laughs) which I had to learn um, that it was part of my journey. You know, Um, I got yelled at um, my show would go over time. I didn't know how to produce because I was producing other people. And so I I did have uh, I did make the mistake of having some interesting people came on come on but decided to make my show their show and so they would take a lot of time and and not listen to the time person Get off stage after they told their story, so um, which which was very interesting. Like I said, I'm glad that that happened. Now at the time, it was very traumatic for me, but looking back now, I'm glad that that happened. I have tons of stuff to write about on what to do and what not to do, um, and it just makes for so much of a greater story. But yeah, the people running the theaters really really make it, and um, it's a good thing you have good people, um, and you have a great director as yeah, well. Yeah, Jessica
1: Lynn Johnson, um, nobody better. Uh, she, I started with her from the beginning, and what I just love about her is she's just so encouraging, so encouraging, and because I, I really didn't know if I wanted to do, do any of this, and, and, and she has just helped me so much. I can't say enough about her
0: that's awesome so what are your future plans then after the show ends what are you going to be doing are you going to be still uh creating producing I mean I'm getting um more this is what my intuitive sense is saying uh, more commercial work for you I see commercials coming down the pipeline <laughs> for you. I do that's what I kept seeing you know, commercial 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 so there
1: oh well that would be nice um I mean, <laughs> right now I'm still working full-time and I, uh, I'll i be at this particular hospital. Um, it, the thing is that I don't think people realize, like, I, this is just real quick aside, is people think, oh, you can get a job anywhere, you can always get a job, and that's another fallacy that I, I talk about in my in my show, and especially the older you get, it's, you're more limited. So I'm kind of going to keep working where I'm working because they like me there. So yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I do like everybody I work with. I, I work with a really good, good bunch of nurses and, and workers. Um, so right now um, that's what I'm going to do. I, I would like to do my show again. Um, and every time I do it, I think of um, ways I can improve it. Um, and uh, so I think I would look for another venue to do my show again. And, uh, in the past, I haven't been very good at marketing. And part of the reason why is I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know if my show's good enough. Um, and now I, I feel more confident about it that I can do the marketing or have someone help me do it and, you know, have bigger audiences. And I would like to keep doing my show. Um, yeah. I would like, uh, and I, I hope that, um, <sighs> I, I'd like to be an advocate for nursing to to get um, uh, you know help be more of a support for nurses if that's the right thing to say an advocate for nurses and and I think the better we nurses do the better the patient care is and and that's um, it's not just a selfish thing for nursing um, if nurses are staffed the way they should be staffed the patient care is so much better. Um, so, but I always, I took commercial classes. Um, I mean, yeah, if I could do commercials, I would just be thrilled.
0: I know that's what I kept seeing. So we'll talk a little bit more about, about it after the show. I'll give you my spidey (laughs) sense insights that I do. All right. So thank you so much, Charlie, uh, for being on the show and, um, here we go. See, I am helping you market. Yes, you are. I'm so glad <laughs> you put it out you- there. You put it out there, and um, so we'll send out the show. I'll also put you on my email list and tell your story. So cool. So till next time, nurses and hypochondriacs. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast and special thanks to Marilyn Stoner for sponsoring this episode with her generous donation. If you'd like to sponsor an episode and get a shout out, go ahead and click the link at the end of this podcast and donate to our PayPal or our Venmo. And we'd also love it if you can go on Apple podcast and give us a five star rating it totally helps the show thank you so much for listening until next time